Hello, and welcome to Our Hidden Stories. I'm your host, Sharice Johnson. If we're honest, most of us live life through a social media highlight reel, only sharing parts of who we are with those around us. Well, today is an opportunity to not only listen, but to get out of the game of hide and seek we often play with ourselves. So sit back, get comfortable, and let's dive into today's episode. Because remember, there are always layers of hidden stories waiting to be told. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode seven of Our Hidden Stories. As always, I am excited to be back in this space. It's been a while, but you know life. So this is absolutely a podcast that I always want to be organic and heartfelt. Don't ever want to come to you just for the sake of coming, but whenever something is on my heart and as I come across stories that I feel are important to tell and to share. My daughter, Sierra, is joining us today. I'm so excited to have her. She is almost 21, can't even believe it, currently a junior in college and an expiring creative director. She is my first heartbeat. She is the light of my life, and she absolutely keeps me on my toes. This year, we have had some of the most powerful conversations we've ever had. As a mom and as a therapist, it's, it's a dual role. Sometimes it's challenging and hard, but I'm also extremely honored that she feels comfortable coming to me. So just a quick shout out to those of you that may have children of any age. Keep the conversations going. Let's be real. This is a time in our life where it's so important for us to be authentic. That being said, in our family, we call her Cece. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what did you think when I first asked you, Honest, were you excited, scared? Uh, scared. Okay. Why scared? Um, I don't know. I just, it's hard to be vulnerable sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm definitely vulnerable with you mm-hmm. in private. But <laughs> the thought of people listening to what I'm going to say definitely like scared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I was also excited too. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. And like I tell everybody, you know, feel free to be yourself and always know that this is your space to say what you want and don't ever feel like you have to hold back. We have enough spaces in life where we have to hold back. Part of why I wanted you to come is you made a big decision, a big change in your life over the last several weeks. And for some people, they would look at this change and not really understand the layers or the magnitude of it. And I would love for you just to take a moment and tell everyone kind of your experience, what the change was, and then kind of your experience as you navigated how you felt about it. Okay. Um, So I basically chopped a lot of my hair off. Um, I was thinking about cutting my hair for a few months, but I kind of was going back and forth about it with a couple of friends and like just not really knowing if I was confident enough to rock a short hairstyle 
And um, I don't know. It was just kind of something I talked about hypothetically and didn't think that I would actually do. Um, <laughs> and then one of my friends was like, you know what? I kind of want to cut my hair short. And I was like, well, if you do it, I'll do it. Um, just kind of like be rocking the haircut together. And like, mm-hmm. if, I don't, if one of us didn't like it, like at least the other one would have a haircut. And you know, it's 2020, there's nothing else to do. Like, why not <laughs> cut your hair off? I felt like it was very fitting for the year. Um, so I asked my dad to cut my hair and as he was cutting it, I kind of started to get like a little feeling in my chest of like, oh wait, <laughs> I really did not think this through. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking in the mirror and just not really liking what I saw. and. I was shocked because I had envisioned what I would look like with this cut and I had been planning to just feel like a brand new person afterwards and, you know, I cut all my hair off and I still just kind of felt the same about myself, which Mm. just wasn't very good. Um, And I cried about it for like three days, Mm -hmm. as you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and it kind of... I wasn't expecting it to be such an overwhelming experience for me. Um, I, I am a person who feels things quite deeply, so I guess it does make sense, you know, in hindsight. But um, it just goes to show that you can change things about your, you know, your physical appearance. You can make any sort of drastic change with your hair or your body, or you can get tattoos, piercings, whatever. But ultimately, you're going to look in the mirror and still feel the same about who you are inside, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you don't truly love who you are at your core. Um that was about like a week ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, now I'm feeling a lot better. I really like the haircut. I feel the most confident I've actually ever felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just because in that moment, like, I realized that who I am has nothing to do with what I look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that is very, like, known and talked about, but I don't think people really... Or I guess I, myself, I can't Mm -hmm. speak for everyone, but I think I didn't really apply that knowledge Mm -hmm. for a long time um, because I thought that it sounded very cliche. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think applying that knowledge in your mind and then applying it when you make a big step are two different pieces. If you're comfortable, something I'd also like for you to share is what has been your experience around your hair? You know, so it wasn't even just the moment of this is a big change, but you've gone through a lot of different transitions and feelings as a black woman navigating hair in a white world. Yeah, uh, you're really trying to get me to dig deep here. I am. <laughs> I, I was am. giving you all the surface level answer. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprising. Um, well... I guess, um, so when I was in middle school, there was a girl who, uh, whose name I still remember, <laughs> we're not going to name names, I hope she's doing well, but um, who went and told other people um, that she didn't like my natural hair. And like, this was right when I was starting to like transition from, you know, chemically relaxing my hair mm-hmm. to you know, embracing my natural curls. I was in like sixth or seventh grade. So that's when everyone's kind of just going through puberty and just, just like, just awkward and Mm -hmm. figuring themselves out. And so, and let me jump in for real quick, just in case someone doesn't know, naturally as people of color, our hair is curly or wavy. So along the lines of trying to manage and navigate hair in Western culture, we typically put chemicals in it mm-hmm. and relax it to straighten it. And oftentimes, if we're honest, that's something that we do to feel more accepted in spaces that aren't 
um, spaces with people of color. But within, I would say, maybe the last 10 to 15 years, there has been this resurgence of a lot of different men and women of color wanting to return back to that natural state and say, well, this is actually who I am. You, as you were saying, we started that process in middle school, which is, like you said, already a time that is filled with transition. But I want to give that background to people who might be listening and aren't familiar. So here you are as a middle school student surrounded predominantly by white faces and then to have somebody say that they didn't like your natural hair. What do you remember feeling about that comment? I mean, I don't actually remember how I felt, but I can say that the fact that I remember her making the comment says a lot. Yeah. Because I don't really remember much about middle school. I know, I remember being bullied, um, like bits and pieces of that, but I don't remember like the exact feeling of that moment. But the fact that I am telling you like, oh, I remember this girl said this about me, I think that just goes to show that, you know, her words really stuck with me and they still affect me Mm -hmm. um, even now. Um, Over time, I definitely had learned to love my hair. I have like a type four hair Mm -hmm. and I know that's like, don't want to get, you know, all into like, the technicalities <laughs> of the natural hair community, but basically I have pretty coily, like tight curls. Mm-hmm. And I remember I used to want my hair to be so much looser. I was like, oh, I just wish I had like looser, wavier curls. Like my hair is so thick and like, you know, nappy as some people say. And like, you know, that just kind of made me not feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I had just gotten to the point, um, maybe like towards the end of high school, you know, beginning of college where I figured out how to do my hair, how to define my curls and things like that. And then I decided to cut all my hair off. And (laughs) when I did cut it off, I actually looked at my hair and I was like, this short haircut would look cuter if I had looser curls. Mm -hmm. So my hair actually is relaxed right now, which Mm -hmm. was something that I was upset about myself with after the fact, because I didn't even think my own curls were, you know, beautiful enough to just like look good in this cut Mm -hmm. on its own. Um, So, yeah, there's just, like, there's a lot that comes with hair, especially as a black woman. Um, I think for a long time, I made it a part of my identity without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. I would dye my hair all the time, and, like, that was my thing. They're like, oh, Cece's going to dye her hair a new color, like, next month. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was just the thing that I did. Now, that damaged my hair, so (laughs) it kind of did need to be cut off. Mm -hmm. But um, I was constantly trying to change myself growing up. And I didn't, I didn't think at the time that there was like a deeper reason behind that, but I can definitely say now that I think it was because a part of me felt like I needed to change in order to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this change that I made was different because after I made it, I was like, oh, like I don't feel very feminine right now. Mm-hmm. What if I'm not accepted with this haircut? Like I feel like I look like a little boy, things like that. And that's a whole other thing in and of itself of like hair being attached to femininity mm-hmm. um but and I remember you going through a moment over the last week too where you talked about being so worried that you would be judged yeah. you know that you were there was one part of you that was struggling with what have I done I made this big change I thought that change would make me feel better about myself and then quickly realizing wait a minute this didn't change how I felt about myself and I feel like that's such a valuable point for people, regardless of who they are, what they look like, what color they are, is to always ask ourselves as we're seeking to make a change, especially one that's going to show up on our physical body, what's the motivation behind it? 
And if we don't love ourselves, as you said, in our core, it's just an endless domino of constant changes. And yet at the same time, going back to your story at middle school, a lot of the change we desire, yes, it can be internal, but there are also a a lot of different stigmas and discussions and comments that make us afraid to be seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's super challenging in that regard. When you think about, I guess, just being judged, what was your biggest fear? You know, over the last week when you said, I'm afraid people are going to judge me in your mind, what were you thinking they would say or think? I don't even know. Like, it's crazy (laughs) because I, it's like, I don't actually care what people think, but I care what people think. I don't, it doesn't make any sense at all. But it's like, I don't actually care about what it is you're thinking. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that you're thinking about me is what bothers me. Okay. Like, sometimes I wish I could just exist. I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, I wish I was just a cloud. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could just exist and, like, I guess people do look at clouds and think mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I just wish I could, like, do my own thing and, like, not have people perceiving me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the, just the idea of, like, people having an opinion about me in general just really bothers me. Regardless of what the opinion is, it could be good or bad. I'm yeah. just like, why? why? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just human nature. Like, we naturally yeah. have opinions and form mm-hmm. thoughts about people and things. But it's just, ugh, I'm like... I just wish, like, just mind your business, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, everybody handles that very differently. Some people can walk into a room and they're not thinking about other people's perceptions for the most part. You know, they just come in and they're themselves. And then other people, again, I do think it's a natural process or in their mind, you know, trying to navigate what is it that everyone is thinking about me. And I do feel confident saying that is a very real and unique experience for women. Um, I don't know as much because I'm not a man if that's something that men go through in a room, but I definitely feel like as women, that's that's a constant feeling, you know, just kind of wondering what everybody thinks. And then anything about you as a woman that's different, whether that's size, shape, what language you speak, what color, sexuality, I believe that can then add layers to wondering, will you be seen? Will you be accepted in a space? You know, one thing I want to say, just putting on the parent hat for a moment, it is so important for moms and dads of both sons and daughters to help make sure that their children are engaging with other children of color. You know, in my mind, I wonder if that little girl in middle school would have had more experience around people of color, then perhaps it would have just been, oh, I like your hair. I definitely think so. You know, yeah. Because, you know, I don't think at that point it's necessarily intentional, but it's, it's ignorance. And then putting the clinical hat back on, I'd also say for clinicians or helping professionals or teachers or anyone that's working to help kind of develop young minds all the way through middle school, high school, college is making sure as well that diverse pictures and not just stereotypical diverse pictures are being seen and shown and explored so that there is 
respect, knowledge, you know, understanding so that an individual doesn't feel like kind of what you're saying, the changes that they make are so broad and so seen and recognized. And then they kind of have to prepare for, hey, how do, the, how do you brace yourself for the things that, that people are going to say? One other piece that I want to hit on that you talked about was somehow connected. And if I'm misunderstanding, let me know that cutting your hair was going to make you a brand new person. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this desire to be a brand new person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because I, I just haven't really like, I'm still like working through this currently. Yeah. It's okay. So it's like hard to talk about, I guess. Okay. Um, I spent like the vast majority of 2020. I don't know why this year in particular. I was like, let me reinvent myself. But I've just, I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, ever since I was little, I've always been like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, actually, mommy, you know what? I'm going to do this now. <laughs> yes, And that's do. just always how I've been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I've gotten older, that has still continued. It's just kind of shown up in different ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think truthfully like the reason why I've spent so much time trying to change who I who I was or just become this new person is because I thought I wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. how I am right now yeah and as far as where that stems from a bunch of different things probably yeah um but yeah I just I was like I need to cut my hair I need to do these things I need to change this about my body and this and this and this and then then I can love myself yeah instead of I love myself right now. Mm-hmm. I'm valuable right now. I'm no more valuable now than I will be then. Like I'm, I will always have the same amount of value as a person, the same worth, regardless if it's my if my hair is long, short, pink, green. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I didn't realize that till after I cut my hair off. So mm-hmm. in conclusion, cutting <laughs> my hair was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. In the moment, I was like, this was a horrible idea. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny though because I remember when you asked me you know, mom, do you think I should do it? I said something to the fact of no. And I'm not sure that you're ready for that because when you have short hair, there is no hiding. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that you really understood what I meant typically as you are, the child that you are, when I say, no, Cece, I don't think you should do something. Then that (laughs) makes you go, oh, then yes, I want to do it all the more just to prove something. See, actually... (laughs) I was with a friend when you texted me that, and I read the text to her, and she was like, well, and I was like, she's not wrong. <laughs> like, I was like, my mom's just not wrong. Like, she's correct. But and I'm going to do like, it anyway. Yeah, I was like, but I think that's why I should do it. I said it to her. I was like, I think that's why I should do it. Mm-hmm. Because I remember you were like, I don't think you have the confidence for it. And I was like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> but I was like, she's kind of right, and I think that's why I should do it. Yeah. And my friend was like, yeah, I mean, if you hate it, you'll learn to love it. Yeah. And here we are. So, yeah, it, like what you said was what I needed to hear, but I just didn't do what you thought I was. Well, I did what you thought Oh, I was you did do, exactly what I like, thought you were going to do, which would just do it anyway. And, you know, you are you are one of those people and I've met a lot of them who loves to challenge themselves. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's not. I won't I won't go down that. That's a, a story yeah. for another <laughs> podcast. But. I do commend you. It takes a lot of courage to say what a lot of people think is they're not enough. Mm -hmm. And then we're constantly, as humans, on this external quest 
that if we can change something or have something, then that will make us valid. And to some degree, I believe, just as you're saying, for most people, that's always a process. You know, you can get to a place and feel like, okay, I feel enough in this season or things are going well. I absolutely believe that 2020 has also been extremely challenging. And because people have been isolated and to themselves and sitting with themselves, it has brought up a lot of questioning of their value, right? Value was in how busy we were and how many achievements we had and you know, the classes that you're taking, if you're in college, it was just wrapped up in life. And so all of a sudden, when life comes to a screeching halt, yeah, it does make you go, wait a minute, when all of that is gone, and it's just me, is that enough? And now what do I do? So I think in, in many ways, that's natural. And let's be honest, you know, you're at an age where all of these experiences are very within the realm of what we would expect from a 20 year old. But at the same time, there are people who are 40 or 50 and still going through the same process. So I want to kind of normalize that in, in that regard. I, I do hope the experience taught you something, you know, lots of different things about being yourself and loving yourself and knowing that there's no external change that will ever validate what can only be found inside. Um, I'm a proponent in personally in, in, in God. And so I also believe that if we don't understand how unique he has made each of us, that there's a reason that we're all different. And it's just always so mind blowing, even if somebody doesn't necessarily believe in God, but just to know we all are completely different, yet there's this strange part of us that's trying to belong and mimic and fit in and look alike when I'm not sure that that's what we were ever intended or created to do. When you think about the experience of the cut being brand new and learning to love yourself and have to be, is there anything that you would want to say if someone else was listening and they were going through maybe just similar feelings about not fully being able to love themselves, trying to change and not thinking they're enough. Is there anything you would say to them? Mm, I think the first step to self-love, I guess, is acceptance and understanding self-hate. Because if you don't understand that, you won't really learn to love yourself, if that makes sense. So, like, I think I spent a lot of time running away from the darkest parts of myself, from my own shadow, mm -hmm. and chasing other things. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of learn to walk with your shadow, mm. then I feel like that's when you're truly free. Yeah. And there are things about myself that I just didn't accept and I think that's why I went through a lot of suffering. Mm. You know, that, that saying where people are like, everyone feels pain, but only some of us suffer. Because yeah. you don't have to suffer. Right. And I think that suffering happens when you are resisting, you know, uncomfortable feelings 
or you're just resisting change or the fact that you are the way you are and that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent, um, you know, several instances praying to God, literally asking him, why did he make me this way? Mm. And like looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. You know, it's okay. Yeah. But in that moment, that's just what I felt like. I was just like, why? Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of things about, you know, me that make my life harder in a way. But it was when I, you know, started accepting, like, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is, this is how I love. This is how I show love. This is how I receive love. These are my flaws. These are the things, you know, I'm not so great at. Yeah. That was when I was able to love myself. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, like social media and just like the media in general, society, whatever, tries to tell us like, oh, you need to love yourself, but no one really tells you how. Mm, very I'm true. Like, we're preaching self-love, but then we're also telling people like that they need to do this to change themselves. And I'm like, so how am I ever supposed to really love myself if I'm constantly feeling like I need to change myself to be better? Yeah. I think it's just accepting who you are right now. Mm-hmm. Even if there's parts of yourself that you don't love, mm-hmm. just accepting yeah. that that's who you are. Yeah. No, that's super powerful. I really loved what you said about running from your shadow and then realizing in a way that you just needed to go back and walk with your shadow, that you needed to see with compassion just who you were and be okay with that versus seeking to go as far away as you could from who you really were, you know, kind of coming back to yourself. You know, there's a lot of pieces that we've explored today We started off talking about a haircut that seems so small and simple. But the truth is, as women, hair can make or break your day. And there's so much that can be wrapped up in who we are externally. But if we kind of pull that back and look at how we're responding and our motivation, we'll often find that we are running away from something about ourselves typically that we don't like. And that's the personal work for us to do. Collectively, as people, one of the most powerful things I will always preach is it's important for us to be around people who aren't like us. When we can sit down and have these conversations, when we help our children be introduced, our spouses, our business partners be introduced to things outside of their normal realm we not only learn and see our own privilege and flaws but we also learn acceptance of others and to value their story and it changes the way we will love other people and it will change the way we love ourselves as you continue to think about what you've heard here today I hope that you will take whatever piece is important for you. And if you remember nothing else today, I want you to remember to be yourself and know that the rest of the world, they will adjust. Thank you for joining us.